From the Financial Times in London, I'm Josh Noble and this is FT News. China's top sports administrator has vowed to cap spending by the country's football clubs after accusations they've been wasting money on foreign players during a rush of high-profile winter signings. With me in the studio to discuss this is Murad Ahmed, our leisure correspondent, and down the line from Shanghai we have Tom Hancock. Tom, you've been covering this story for us. Can you tell us just a bit more about what's been going on with football in China? Well, football is a massively popular sport in China, alongside basketball. It's probably the most watched spectator sport. And, you know, China's had its own domestic league for decades, and the stadiums are quite well packed out on weekends. But what really has changed in the last 14 months or so is the amounts of money being spent by Chinese teams on foreign acquisitions. Just in the last couple of weeks, Shanghai SIPG bought a Brazilian midfielder for a $63 million fee. And one of their rivals in Shanghai called Greenland Shenhua signed Carlos Tevez. And reportedly, they're paying him more than $20 million a season, making him one of the highest paid players in the world. And previously, these amounts were just unheard of in Chinese football. And as well as the spending on these high-profile signings, in the past year, what we've seen are Chinese business people and conglomerates going out around the world and buying up foreign football clubs. So... We've seen Chinese firms investing in Manchester City. A Chinese conglomerate um, has bought AC Milan and a lot of other clubs around Europe, including Aston Villa, have fallen into Chinese ownership. So there's just been a huge amount of money being spent by Chinese corporations on, on footballers and football clubs. What exactly are these Chinese clubs and these Chinese companies hoping to achieve with all of this? I think there's a few things to mention. I mean, the first one is the economic argument. The Chinese economy in certain sectors is seeing a real slowdown. For example, real estate, steel, and these kind of sectors are not doing well. And in a lot of cases, Chinese clubs are owned by, for example, real estate firms, and they're looking to diversify some of their assets into other sectors, for example, sports. In the case of Shanghai SIPG, they're owned by a state-run port company. They basically run Shanghai's port. And we all know that the global shipping industry has been in a downturn for years. And so maybe there's an economic argument for them to move away from their core business into football, where there's a massive audience and a potential to make money. But, you know, apart from that, people will tell you there's a, a deeper political reason, which is that under President Xi Jinping, China's Communist Party has clearly come out and said it's a national target to improve the level of Chinese football, which is famously quite low. And as a result, there are perhaps political advantages for Chinese companies which invest in football in the hope of bringing foreign talent to China and eventually boosting the performance of Chinese clubs. And hopefully that will have an effect on the national team. So goes the theory. And so there is this added political dimension of trying to curry favour with the Communist Party and Xi Jinping, who's famously a football fan himself. So some of this is happening in order to win friends in Beijing, but we've just had this intervention from the government itself. Why do you think they've decided to take action now? Well, 
I think one of the interesting things about this, you know, very strong statement that came from the sports administration late last week, is that it echoes language that we've seen actually from China's finance regulators talking about Chinese firms making irrational investments overseas. So we've had all kinds of sort of crazy M&A deals where you've had, you know, metals companies buying uh, cinema studios in the U.S. And there was a statement last month from finance regulators basically trying to call an end to these kind of deals. And the big concern in the background is capital flight and the idea that a lot of Chinese companies are buying foreign assets because they think that China's currency will continue to depreciate. And so they want to basically get assets in euros or dollars, buying a foreign football team. Or if you buy a foreign player, obviously that transaction will happen in euros. So there is a concern about capital flight, and that's part of the reason for the crackdown. I also think that one of the things the sports administrator mentioned is that this has really attracted a lot of public attention. And there's always a, a feeling in China that if you splash around money too ostentatiously, you might get reined in. And so I think there's an element of that as well. So, Murad, China's well and truly here in the transfer market. But do we think this is just a sort of flash in the pan and they'll be off in a year's time or maybe as a result of this intervention? Well, I think you've got to divvy up some of the different Chinese buyers that are out there. There seems to be two different types. There are well-established groups with very deep pockets. They're the ones that are investing in groups like Atletico Madrid, Dalian Wonder Group, and as part of a wider strategy, it seems, of investing in various different leisure groups and sports groups. So it seems like a bigger play than that. It seems like they want to invest for the long term. And then there are some owners that, frankly, nobody's heard of before, and we're not quite sure where their money has come from. So we're not quite sure if they are in it for the long term. If you're an Atletico Madrid or a Man City or a Chelsea, some of this must be good news because you're getting fresh investment into the club or you've suddenly got a sort of buyer of last resort for your reserve team players. On the whole, are European clubs going to welcome this or does it present a whole new source of competition at a time when transfer prices, wages are spiralling up anyway? It's a double-edged sword. What we're seeing at the moment is possibly the second tier of players in Europe, mainly of a South American, African background often, who have already travelled miles away to come and play and work in Europe, being happy to go over to China and play there. There hasn't been one of these absolute megastars going over. There have been big players, no doubt, but they haven't quite reached the Cristiano Ronaldo level. And uh, he was offered a contract in China, according to his agent, to go and play there. So that we'll wait to see if one of those really big tentpole players makes a move over. It complicates things for the really big clubs because they want investment for sure, but they don't want to give up some of their very best players. They're happy with the second string going over or one of the reserve teams and taking the money that way. And the other thing is they do want to tap into the Chinese market. There's been rumours for a long while that Manchester City, which owns the wider city football group, which owns clubs in the US and Australia might want to go into the Chinese Premier League one day. So you might see more tie-ups that way as well. I mean, this isn't the first time we've seen an attempt to create a successful league out of nothing. I mean, there have been perhaps smaller attempts in India or the Middle East and certainly in the US. Do those previous experiences give us any indication of how likely China is if it wants to really build a sort of rival to the Premier League? 
the main thing it may have taught us, particularly the US experience with Major League Soccer, is that it takes an awfully long time and it needs investment over a decade or more before it becomes even competitive. And Major League Soccer is a good test case for China. It started building up with a lot of homegrown players, but these aging stars at the end of their careers coming for one last payday. That isn't what's happening in China, interestingly enough. These are players who are at the prime of their career moving over in many cases, so it could be different and maybe it can grow quicker as a result. In the end, MLS ended up relying a lot more on their big national stars coming over from Europe and playing in the MLS. But that, again, requires China to have some of these big national stars, which they don't have at the moment. FIFA has decided to expand the number of teams playing in the World Cup, which has been greeted with mixed reviews from the football world. Is that aimed kind of unsubtly at allowing China, among others, to qualify in an expanded tournament? I think that among others is a key point here. African and Asian nations in particular want to attend the four-year boondoggle that is the World Cup. And at the moment, they've got a limited amount of spaces. It's dominated by Europe. Europe is going along with the expanded World Cup because they also get more places as a result. And the short answer is yes, it's not directly related to China, which desperately wants to be in the World Cup, but to a lot of other countries who want a piece of that particular pie. It does mean that China's quite a lot more likely to make the World Cup. But the key to President Xi's ambitions with the World Cup is to win it. And they're a long way off that. Tom, coming back to you, China wants to win the World Cup and it wants to host a World Cup. The latter of those objectives seems to be relatively straightforward. But what about actual success on the pitch? Do you think the efforts they've made are really going to bear fruit? Well, I think that, you know, if you look at the sports administrator's statement, one of the things that they said is that they want more money to be spent on grassroots football, you know, as opposed to these flashy foreign deals. And I think that that's what most people who think about these matters would say, is that if China really wants to move up the rankings, you know, currently it's 82nd in the world. It lost a match to Syria recently, which means that it almost certainly won't qualify for the next World Cup. You know, if China wants to improve its international standing in football, then what you need is a real long-term investment in grassroots playing, which will take decades to pay off. And this sort of frothy spending from Chinese football clubs, its connection with international performance is somewhat tenuous. But there's also an interesting element to this story, which is that part of China's efforts to boost its national team have involved spending a huge amount on getting the manager, Marcello Lippi, to take on responsibility for the national team. And reportedly, he's the best paid coach in the world. And a lot of that money is reportedly coming from Guangzhou Evergrande, which is a real estate developer, which also owns China's best football club. So whether that element of spending will get reined in as a result of this latest announcement, it looks unlikely. I think what will come under pressure is more spending from football clubs on the domestic league. Tom, Murad, thanks for joining us. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.